Hello and welcome to Leading Digital Transformation with Rob Llewellyn and the Digital Transformation People. In this podcast series, Rob interviews experienced practitioners, authors and thought leaders whose stories and experiences provide valuable insights for digital transformation success. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Frank Matters from Germany. Frank's a leading expert on scaling up corporate startups and he's written the first book on the subject together with his clients, which are Fortune 10 to Fortune 200 companies. And those companies are widely seen as innovation leaders. Let's jump into the interview with Frank. Frank, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me, Rob. Good morning to you. Good morning. So, Frank, before I kick off, I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you today. But you've written a book. It's called Scaling Up Corporate Startups. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of the concepts as we go through our conversation. But uh, tell us about the book, why you wrote the book, how that came about. Okay. So, um, Rob, what, what I and the uh, consulting company Innovation 3 that I founded are doing is uh, non-incremental innovation. So it started off some years ago when open innovation beca- became all work, so to say, and uh, four years ago that open weren't digital, so to say. Companies were discussing uh, blockchain and uh, artificial intelligence and these kind of things. But so two years ago or so, I noticed a common theme. Yeah, so if you will, the same, heard the same song over and over again. And as an innovator, <laughs> you're interested in patterns, right? Because there might be opportunities. The song that I heard is, well, Frank, uh, we do have our digital lab. Our digital factories, our accelerators, incubators, uh, innovation centers, etc., etc. Smart people in there. We do not lack ideas. We kind of know how to validate them using a lean startup um, and these kind of methodologies. But where's the business impact? So uh, after hearing that uh, story over and over again across industries, uh, the very large companies that are say a single digit in billion in size. I said, well, there seems to be a problem worth to be solved. And this is where the innovation journey starts. And I looked around and uh, could not find any guidance for corporate practitioners how to address this problem. There's a, quite um, some stuff out there that deals with greenfield startups, like uh, how do you found your company and uh, how do you um, grow your greenfield startup and how to negotiate with uh, venture capitalists. But that does not translate to corporate startups, which are uh, kind of specific, so to say. I'm sure that we'll touch on that later on. So what I did is I assembled a group of some 15 or 20, uh, yeah, 15 companies and uh, we spent three workshops and a couple of WebExes to really define the problem and then some more workshops and WebExes to work out the solution. And uh, we all felt it might be a good idea to, to uh, contribute to the uh, body of knowledge by having that uh, in the form of the book, so to say. So it's a uh, summary, if you will, where next uh, practice will be probably. There is no best practice. There's only an emerging or next practice, if you will. Uh, but, but it's also an outlook um, into uh, how to solve a big, big problem. Because there are statistics out there saying only one out of eight corporate startups make it to success. And another statistic saying, well, the uh, Fortune 1000 
spent in the last five years um, an amount of money that's comparable to the German uh, GDP, which is the fourth largest in the world. Uh, and uh, actually, the return on innovation is decreasing. So there's a massive, massive problem out there. And up so far, there has not been a kind of guidance how to deal with that. We felt it might be really adding value to the discussion. Okay. And Frank, the book is called Scaling Up Corporate Startups. Now, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of listeners out there and everybody's got their different views and perspectives on transformation. And in terms of the, the scaling up, what is scaling up in, in your mm -hmm. definition and why should companies care about it? Innovation is um, about creating business impact from something new, let's put it <laughs> out there for, 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 for the time being like that. So it's the business impact that we're interested in. And um, if you look at an end-to-end -end innovation process, you start off with some insights where um, things are going, the markets are going, the opportunities that digital is uh, offering, um, uh, some threats from new market entrants, these kind of things. Then you do a drum out ideas on how to capitalize on these things and you check or validate, as the experts say, uh, which of those ideas generated uh, do have a problem solution fit and later on product market fit. At the other end of the process, uh, you find that many companies know uh, how to grow uh, a, let's call it, sizable business. Uh, so imagine they buy a digital startup or so to say, and uh, the startup has some, some millions of revenues and some technology and a customer base. Uh, the corporates know how to take it from there. But in between those two um, uh, corners, uh, so to say, there's a gap. And the gap basically taking validated innovation concepts to a meaningful, sizable business from which it can be picked up by corporate. And this is what we call scaling up. If you look at it, there's a couple of reasons why companies need to address that scaling up issue. First of all, as I mentioned earlier, there are some statistics out there showing that companies are not good at it. So if only one out of eight corporate startups make it, You're talking about a failure rate of 87%. I mean, this is not to be accepted, right? Then secondly, if you have a closer look at it, the, the future company is basically shaped by, by two things. The one is the, we call it adaptation of the core. This is where, say, the, the application of digital technologies play out. So uh, think about the manufacturing company selling widgets until now that now they go for a widget as a service using Um, uh, remote monitoring and predictive maintenance place, right? These kind of things. Or um, obviously you establish uh, new levels of uh, um, consumer customer insight using advanced analytics, these kind of things. So adapt the core. That's one part that makes up, say, uh, building a future company. But the other thing is scaling up uh, those uh, ventures that uh, we're building on a new-to-the-company um, technology, which is now industrialized. Think about, uh, say, um, uh, changing to smart contracts on the blockchain and automating the full um, process might be, in many instances, completely new to the company and or uh, establishing completely new business models which need to be scaled up. So if you take these two things, Rob, adapting the core uh, with digital tools and then plus 
scaling up those uh, radical digital innovations and digital enabled uh, different business models. This is what makes up the future company and hence companies need to be excellent in both of these things. Frank, you, you, you kind of touched on the fact that not all companies are getting this right. In fact, a lot mm -hmm. of companies are, are, are getting it quite wrong. What in general is the level of excellence in scaling up that you see in companies? Um, for working with clients, we do have some uh, half of the German prime uh, stock index on our client list and then also working with large companies in, say, um, core Europe, which is our client base. I would say that we can call only a quarter or so to be excellent in, in scaling up. Um, there's a growing awareness out there and um, companies are feeling the pain point that they do not get the return on innovation, meaning non-incremental innovation. But if you ask me for excellence, uh, the journey has just started. And um, I think that in the next one to two years, we will see much more thinking going in how to solve that corporate scaling up problem. And is there some kind of quick test that a company can do to assess where they're at in terms of their scaling up excellence, Frank? One, one thing that I can think of and uh, might be also a dis discussion starter, so to say, you ask the company, well, if you look at your non-incremental innovation, meaning not the uh, small stuff, of improvements, right? The incremental innovation. If you look at your non-incremental innovation, how much money did you invest some three to five years ago? And if you look at what you did three to five years ago, what's the return that you get out of there? Because uh, say uh, three to five years is a typical time to impact for non-incremental innovation. If you're going fully radical, it might even be five to 10 years. Uh, but um, most of the companies um, uh, only have very few moonshots. Uh, the majority is played out in, say, an adjacent space. So to give you one figure, one client, obviously I cannot mention that uh, the client also cannot pro provide the real figures, but just to give you some idea on the size of the problem, three to five years uh, ago they invested 100 right? And if they look at their return that they're getting from what they did three to five years ago, they are talking about seven. So huge money burned. And this is a typical example. Companies are only starting to wake up to that um, scaling up challenge. So do you think it's mandatory that companies become excellent in scaling up? If I may revert back to what I said a couple of um, uh, sentences ago, uh, it's about um, uh, shaping the company's future, one part of the story, um, uh, besides adapting the core. It's, it's about that financial uh, dimension that we just uh, spoke about. But I mean, um, there's also a, a war for talent out there, isn't it? So, and if a company is not uh, showing that it is um, um, able to, to scale up those great ideas, so to say, or the great concepts to be more precise, well, the best people might say, um, my company doesn't get it. So they might be uh, heading off for, for some other companies. Plus, obviously, there's also a uh, stock market implication if your company is publicly listed. Um, there's only so much uh, in, uh, say, organic growth that you can generate from, from the existing business model. So you need to look for other growth areas which will be adjacent or even uh, completely radical. So yes, it is imperative. 
And how should companies approach their challenge of getting better at doing this, of getting better at scaling up? Okay, so first thing you need to do is to understand uh, or first to acknowledge that there is a problem like 100 to 7, uh, the, the two figures that I mentioned. And the uh, second thing is to um, get a clearer understanding of where this problem comes from and what are, say, uh, at least um, validated cornerstones for a, for a solution. Um, if I may just uh, elaborate shortly on where the problem comes from. So many companies have um, quite rightly separated the non-incremental innovation from the day-to-day -day business. So they built their digital labs, digital factories, the accelerators, incubators, etc., etc., which is good because you find that core company, the day-to-day -day business, runs on a different paradigm than these uh, explorative innovation units. Core business runs on process, zero mistakes, uh, managing risk <clears throat> and um, uh, top-down planning and these kind of things. Whereas if you're in the explorative innovation space, you're basically in an agile way um, develop on where you want to go and how to get there. And uh, if, if you imagine that these uh, two parts um, basically are under one roof, you find that you need to have some sort of gearbox uh, that connects the the engine of the day-to-day -day business with the engine of, of the explorative in innovation units. If you don't do that, you will run into what we call areas of tension. You find at least 10 points where these two uh, organizations, the day-to-day -day business and the corporate startup or so, do not match. So you need to make it match. And here comes what we worked out in in that group of companies, which uh, in, um, to a big deal has also been put into that book. You need to master three things. Uh, firstly, you need to be much more rigorous in validating your innovation concept than you ever do for a greenfield startup. Why? As a greenfield startup, um, think of it some uh, digital startup trying to um, come up with the latest and greatest in blockchain or cryptocurrency or whatever it is, um, you have the right to pivot. Right. So if you find at some point in time that uh, the business model that you were up to does not work, well, you might change that. And there are some famous stories out there like Twitter or Slack. They all started off somewhere else um, to where they are uh, uh, right now. As a corporate startup, you do not have these degrees of freedom to pivot. Why? Because you're working in a corporate context. And you're supposed as a corporate startup to deliver one piece of the strategic innovation agenda. So number one, you have to be much more rigorous. And uh, in the book, you'll see um, what we've worked out in that cross-industry group to be a um, solid, uh, reliable, robust validation framework. Second piece of the um, solution is what we call dual leadership. Um, now, leadership in, is, plays a crucial role in here since they need to balance the requirements of the day-to-day -day business, um, so to say, optimizing the core, optimizing the existing, while at the same time creating new, the new. Um, so uh, balancing these two kind of um, companies that are running on different paradigms, as I just said, and uh, making those tough decisions on what to fund and, and uh, how much to fund and where to put key people in these kind of decisions puts a lot of um, challenge for, for leaders to get it right to establish what we call dual leadership is the second part. 
And the third part, what it all boils down to, to is a new style of working and a new style of management. Because the trick is to leverage the corporate assets, which could be a customer base, production facilities, um, access to customers, access to, to um, um, uh, industry influence, a lot of in-house experts, et cetera, et cetera, to leverage these assets while at the same time remain in speedboat mode, so to say. And there are some, some um, uh, tangible points where you can uh, build up that bridge or gearbox, as I just called by establishing the proper way of funding, by uh, a clever design of that scaling up process, by establishing the right governance, by choosing the right KPIs and metrics, et cetera, et cetera, to make that work. So to summarize, uh, a very rigorous, even more rigorous uh, validation than you do for greenfield startups, plus dual leadership, plus new style of working slash management. Frank, you, you touched on some of the you know, success factors such as governance and, mm-hmm. and other things just then, but mm-hmm. if you were to provide a, a, a short list of key factors for success in scaling up that leaders can keep their eye on, what would, what would that list look like? It starts off, obviously, with some assessment on where things are going. Uh, what, what I see in more and more companies emerging since um, industries are converging and uh, many companies are not speaking about industries anymore. They're speaking about arenas where you find competitors that historically were in totally different industries. Uh, what I see emerging is that they say this is so complex uh, that the traditional strategy processes do not work anymore. So what they do is they paint pictures of the future uh, together also with external uh, experts to understand where potential arenas for these type of non-incremental innovation would be. Second is to encourage um, an, an agile way of exploring where uh, value um, pools in these new arenas uh, might be that are suitable for the company. Thirdly is um, encouraging that um, uh, this uh, thorough and rigorous validation is done. And this implies that um, um, some um, uh, things will not work out in the first run, right? You have to go back and forth until you find a problem solution fit or product market fit. But that requires from, from leaders to um, accept that uh, this is not a process um, model that we're working in. This is an agile model. Next would be uh, to set up for success when it comes to funding a emerging practice that we have found is since funding is always an issue for these ventures is to say the minute that we decide that this is a validated innovation concept that should be taken to scale we provide we earmark the whole funding for the whole process and even if big corporate has two bad quarters this funding is earmarked because there's no point in stopping a lot the way so to say Um, what you do in designing the process is you design it in a kind of vc type so you define milestones milestones that uh, relate to how you uh, get get on with uh, industrializing the product making the market growing the uh, organization of the corporate startup and once you hit those milestones then the next um, level of funding is uh, 
um, is uh, released. Uh, next thing is um, there are only a few critical experts typically in, in, in the company and it's a tough decision to um, make if they should be working into the day-to-day -day business or they should be seconded on a temporary basis uh, to that uh, corporate startup to leverage the, uh, the unfair advantage. So these kind of decisions to be made. And at the end of the day, um, it's also about being aware and taking middle management along that this corporate startup is not just a fancy hobby, but is about building a part of the future company. So getting alignment from the middle management ranks from um, current core, um, which will be reshaped in the three to five years um, uh, dimension via scaling up these corporate startups and via adaptation of the core. Frank, some of our listeners are going to be already involved in scaling up and others mm -hmm. might be considering, you know, diving into this. What are some mm -hmm. practical steps that that people who are who want to get involved can take and people who are on already involved um, can take to to scale up in a better way? Maybe the first thing is to, to, to convince yourself that um, if you're in the, say, 25% of companies um, which are actually already excellent in scaling up, which we earlier said is uh, mandatory for future proving the company, or if you're in the 75% bucket, so to say. We found a good discussion starter in, in, in looking at, say, uh, typical uh, problems that um, companies are facing and um, uh, basically aligning at the management level that the, these problems are out there. So let me just give you uh, two examples. Typically, you find that big corporate treats the corporate startup or the corporate scale-up like it were an established business. Um, that means uh, by the time of uh, the way they set up governance, they do the annual funding. And if big corporate has a bad quarter and costs need to be controlled well, the corporate startup needs to um, deliver its share of the cost saving as well, which obviously doesn't work if you're in scaling up mode because then you are investing. Or another typical um, um, uh, problem is that corporate startups are underfunded and under-resourced. So the key people in the corporate startup are not only fighting for, uh, for funding to secure the um, next year, so to say, for the uh, promising startup, they are also uh, trying to make ends meet with very few people and, um, and uh, focus their attention to a big deal, not on industrializing the product or making the market, but on somehow muddling through, let's put it that way. And um, if you're more advanced in, on your journey, so if you think uh, that your company belongs to the 25%, well, I suggest that you um, um, look into the book what leading companies like BP, Robert Bosch, Philips, or Telefonica, etc., do in validating their concepts and establishing dual leadership and in establishing that new style of work uh, slash management to kind of benchmark yourself and pretty sure you'll find some people where that you could, uh, excuse me, some points that you can sign off. But I'm also pretty sure that's our experience with every client that they find some points where they say, well, 
we didn't think about that or we know that we're not good at this point, so let's take it on our agenda. Frank, I know you can share insights from hours and probably days, but we need to wrap it up there. Certainly could do, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) That's been terrific, Frank. But, you know, if if our listeners want to learn more about some of the concepts you've been talking about, um, where is one place you'd suggest they go to to find and to learn more? Uh, so, so what I already put out there, uh, Rob, uh, uh, if you will, uh, a synopsis of, of, of the uh, insights and the knowledge that we generated in the group, you find that on LinkedIn. That's also been published on the Digital Transformation People. Um, I h- highly recommend not for, 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 for short-term uh, purposes or to put some halo around my, my head, but I really um, suggest that you dive into that book. Uh, because it captures, um, and in the view of, of, of these companies also for the first time out there, basically some elements on um, what will be uh, um, best practice in some years now in scaling up. So by familiarizing yourself with the recipes for success, so to say, that these fine companies are pursuing, you also improve in here. Yeah, and I think we can provide a link um, on the digital transformation people platform uh, for uh, so that you can have a look into the table of contents and uh, some highlighted uh, pieces of content in there. Terrific! And just as a reminder for listeners, the book is called "Scaling Up Corporate Startups." Frank, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your insights. The pleasure is mine, Rob. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading Digital Transformation with Rob Llewellyn and the Digital Transformation People. Visit the digitaltransformationpeople.com to secure the knowledge, talent and services you need for digital transformation success. To continue your journey as a certified transformation professional, visit robllewellyn.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at the Digital TP and at Robert Llewellyn. 